Welcome to another episode of the Head of Nations podcast. I'm your host, Brian, and across from me, it's been a minute, is your co-host, Ben. So, Ben, why don't you tell everyone what's new in your nations this week? So, the new thing is baseball's ended and wrestling season. Oh, let's go. Yes, it's here. So, yeah. So, we're trying to figure out, like, a good balance um, between, like, you know, just, like, in life i mean at this point there's a new season in a lot of ways so wrestling just took off we're thinking about piano for the girl and i just started a new position at church so oh i know official yeah you were working on that so hey look at you okay so yeah i mean so that's that those are all new things exciting things but you know gotta figure out you know what what life is going to be looking like yeah Um, that's a lot of growth going on yeah it's exciting yeah it's exciting I don't know if this saying is true for you right now, but I've always heard the saying, there's no growth in the comfort zone and there's no comfort in the growth zone. So mm, that's yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for me this week, I'm just working on dealing with being temperate in my responses, like being recognizing my responses may not actually come across the way I think they do. And it's not necessarily that I've seen that in myself. I'm sure it exists, but I've seen, I've been watching lately the way people react when other people talk. And I recognize maybe when I think something's getting across, it's really not. Or when I think it's coming across one way, maybe it's not because this person is saying something one way and these people are perceiving it another way. And then I think like, well, how are my kids perceiving what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because to me, I may be saying it one way, but to them, they may be hearing it a different way. Like I, I may think I'm being patient and they may think I'm being harsh. Yeah. Right. Yes. The story of my life every night. Yeah. Be nice. I am being nice. (laughs) I'm glad it's not just me, (laughs) but yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to work on that. Like, as I'm speaking, trying to detach enough, and I'm not always great at this, but I'm pursuing more excellence in this area, trying to see if I were receiving this statement this way, how would I take it? So that's what's new in my nation this week. Mm-hmm. Why, don't, why don't we get into the passage of the week, and it comes from Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 2. And this is after Nehemiah has inspected the walls of Jerusalem, which I think is a great... Testament, he doesn't just rush in and say, let's go do stuff. He knows he's called to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. And so instead of just coming to Jerusalem and saying, let's rebuild, before he gets everyone rallying to his cause, he inspects the wall first in secret by himself. He formulates a plan and then he addresses the people. And so this is him addressing the people. He says, then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. So to me, I just think it's a testament to, yes, trusting God, but also to assessing where you're at when God has placed you there before you rush headlong in. Nehemiah could have very easily rushed headlong in and said, hey, God's appointed me to do this. Listen up, y'all. Do what I say. But instead, he assesses the lay of the land. And then he says, hey, this is what I think we're called to do. 
let's do this. And they respond, yes, let's do this. So that approach of knowing what you're walking into first so that you can address it in a wise fashion, I think is what I get from this passage. So hit me with what you have here. I just think like what a man Nehemiah was and is. I mean, like when I think of how he how he inspired this nation that was just, I mean, their existence was I mean, a miracle. You know, the fact that they were that where they where they were and Nehemiah was called to lead them. When I think of leadership, sometimes I think of like just rush in and ha- and have all the answers, figure it out. Like as you go, it's just you know crash through the wall and that's leader, and then pe- everyone's going to follow you. But Nehemiah is patient and he waits and he's and he's and he thinks. And I think that that's a that gives me peace as a leader. It's like Nehemiah, he was patient, you know, and he was led by the Lord and he was led by sound thinking and and i appreciate that because because to me i mean while that's appealing every time i rush headlong into something and just you know guns a blazing i usually am making the wrong decision or something you know and and things will um will tend to you know fall apart from there so i I appreciate that that's wisdom in in nehemiah and that's that's inspiring wisdom that's a good point and i can't imagine the amount of patience it would take to wait and like you know god's called you to this you know he's going to provide but to really just assess the state jerusalem is in before you speak to the people when i think there's so much room for panic too because he he's surrounded by people who don't want him there yeah and it's just like you know that's a scary thing and and you want to get these walls built now they have to be when is that it has to be done last week you know that's Mm -hmm. but but nehemiah i mean and, and i think that is grounded in his his knowledge of of the Lord. Yeah. Good. Well, why don't we move into the topic of the week, Mm. which I think actually lines up. And this is actually, sometimes we intentionally choose a passage that lines up with what we're talking about. And sometimes we choose one that might not directly line up because we like the message of the passage. This was just one that we, that, you know, I chose the passage, you chose the topic Mm. and they just actually happened to align somewhat separately. So go ahead and hit us with the topic this week. Topic this week is stoicism. And that came up actually. Um, some of our listeners, we were we were having a discussion, um, and stoicism came up, and it just made me think. Well, um, what I think it's catching on today, but uh, but let me just you know give give a brief context of this. Um, stoicism is, and correct me if I'm wrong here, the philosophy that teaches self restraint, in simply accepting the way things are, sort of like surrendering to all the circumstances, right? Um, without um, making a big deal out of the good, you know, or the bad. So it's kind of just being, well, stoic, right? Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. steady. Um, at, and that is actually the path to happiness and fulfillment. That's mm-hmm. how I'm understanding stoicism. Correct me at any point if I'm wrong. But I, I have just like a little bit of knowledge of classical philosophy. Um, and I have, uh, well, an ever-dwindling uh, awareness of cultural trends, uh, so bear with me. Uh, but I thought I'd look into this uh, this idea of modern Stoicism uh, just a little to see what I'd find. And I, I think, to my surprise, um, there seems to be a lot of people paying attention to the Stoics, uh, Marcus Aurelius and Seneca. There, I mean, it's, it seems like it's all over YouTube and, and blogs um, today. Uh, but but also like athletes, CEOs, politicians, actors. There seem to be a lot of people who are 
teaching, learning from, and even, well, some are even selling Stoicism today and giving, you know, they're yeah. uh, giving talks on, on the Stoics and being hired by these companies uh, on Stoicism. They're not Stoics, but they're just teaching about it. So this caused me to consider just a little bit more. Um, and so I'm, I'm finding that much of Stoicism, the Stoicism that's being discussed, is being marketed to and purchased by young men. And I just wanted to ask you, Brian, as one who's definitely, you definitely know more about this than I do, um, but what's the draw to Stoicism for young men or even, even older men like us? Yeah, so I think it's a great question. And I think that the draw for me to Stoicism, because I, I tend to be, in my mind anyway, I perceive myself more of a Stoic than not, and Stoicism to me is assessing something as being, just period. So like mm. when something happens, instead of being reactionary, because if you look at the culture today, everyone tends to be, and granted, I'm generalizing when I say everyone, I don't mean literally every single person. I mean, most people in society tend to be reactionary. You know, we get cut off in traffic. Oh, how dare you cut me off, right? Reactionary. Someone posts something we don't like on social media. Oh, let me fire up my keyboard here. Like, and if someone says something that offends us, the general consensus in society isn't, who cares? Let that go. Yeah. What does that matter in the big picture? And I think the attraction or the draw of stoicism is, first of all, it's countercultural. The culture has always been, but is much more now, I think, reactionary. So I think that it's countercultural. And secondly, I think if you look at any hero or villain sometimes in a movie, you see this archetype often of a stoic man. Like, I remember I was watching National Treasure, I don't know, it's been like two years ago with my wife. And Nicolas Cage is not generally the most stoic actor in his films, but in National Treasure, they're being chased by bad guys and the bad guys are shooting at them. And he's like, get down, we're being shot at. And she's like, we're being shot at? And he's like, yeah. Kind of like, duh, yes we are, but it's okay. It wasn't like, get down, we're all gonna die, but it was just kind of this coolness under pressure. And I see stoicism as lining up with the archetype of the masculine man. The masculine man is unaffected outwardly by the things that are happening around him because he sees the need to lead, right? So if I am panicking, if I am freaking out, if I am losing my temper and yelling, whatever it is, how can I lead? I'm losing it and everyone's looking to me for guidance. I can't guide them when I'm busy panicking or I'm busy losing my temper. And Stoicism teaches self-control. So no matter what the circumstance is, I may not be in control of the circumstance, but I am in control of my reaction to that. And so that's, I see the attraction as, A, it is what I think is generally truly masculine, right? Because we're called to preside, protect, and provide. And we can't preside and protect if we're losing our minds, right? Yeah. And in a society that is increasingly reactionary, it teaches us to be calm. So when I see an event that happens, like, for example, let's say my car won't start and I'm late to work. I could look at that and be like, I am late to work. I'm going to get super worked up. 
But what a Stoic would say is, you know, this may not actually be a bad thing, right? I, I don't actually need to freak out about this because first of all, yes, I may not be at work, but I have more time right now that I can just enjoy the day while I'm waiting for my car to be towed to the mechanic. Or, you know what? It could be, maybe I would have been in an accident mm. today, right? Maybe I could have been on the freeway and been in an accident. I could have hit a deer, could have collided with a vehicle. There may be a purpose behind this interruption. So, but ultimately, I don't know whether this is good or bad, and I may never know, but it may not be an actual bad thing that my car won't start. It may actually be a good thing. And so instead of freaking out, just taking time to reflect and say, I, I am not going to let this affect me to the level that it affects others. And I am going to do this because, one, I don't know whether it's good or bad yet. Mm-hmm. And two, even if it is good or bad in the short term, in the long term of my life, does it matter enough for me to raise my blood pressure and freak out and get myself all worked up about? The answer is generally no. Mm. Now, there are times where I think it is okay to get worked up, like when innocent people are being harmed. Mm. I think that's a different thing where we shouldn't just be stoic and be like, oh, these children are getting mowed down. Well, I don't know if it's good or bad. Like, no, it's bad, Mm. and I should be upset. But for most things in life, we react far more strongly than we should, and stoicism teaches stop just don't interesting interesting yeah like i'm thinking of like the westerns john wayne or even um i was thinking of as you were talking about um well as, as you were talking about this i was thinking of the uh what is it tombstone oh and yeah. you doc have holiday. doc holiday i'm just like yeah that's it and you see doc holiday's stoicism like at the end when he's he's sick you know clearly he's dying and you know, he, he wants to help his friend, but he can't help his friend because he's sick and, you know, and, and so, uh, what's his name? Oh my gosh. Come on, help me out. I'm trying to, th- Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp. Yeah. He's, so he's on his way. He thinks he's going to, Ringo's going to kill him. That's what he thinks. But Doc beats him there, but mm-hmm. you see it, the contrast there. Ringo is definitely a worthy opponent mm-hmm. and he's a scary dude, but when he's confronted with Doc Holliday, you see Ringo, I don't know. I don't know if they did this, if they did this on purpose or not, but you see Ringo waver mm-hmm. when Doc shows up and Doc doesn't. And I'm just like, oh yeah, like Doc's the man. Yeah. and <laughs> But that's what I think of, you know. Um, and Doc was resigned one way or the other, whether I live or die, I'm protecting my friend. That's right. And Wyatt Earp was resigned, I have to do the right thing, whether I live or die, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. I have to preserve my honor and my good name. I have to do my job. So yeah, you see that mm-hmm. resignation in both of them where they're like, it may not be what I would want it to be, but I'm going to be unaffected by that yeah. as much as is possible. Yeah, yeah. But you, you see it, you see wide herbs a bit more. Yes. And it seems like he is maybe a bit more to lose too because, you know, he's this thing going Got the girl in his girl. life, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but Doc is, he's the man in that scene. I have another kind of question to, to ask you then. Um, so I did find this out uh, just in a little bit of my reading. Um, since the beginning of Christianity, actually it seems like Christianity and Stoicism actually kind of were coming up uh, relatively in the same in the same time, at mm-hmm. the same time. At least Seneca and Jesus were contemporaries. Yes. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of amazing. Um, but people have sought to reconcile stoicism with christianity and so i read that 
some early church fathers like Tertullian, uh, Jerome, they tried it. Um, Augustine references Stoicism in the city of God. And then, of course, in the Renaissance, uh, we saw a rise in the Stoicism among Christians, so much so that Calvin, John Calvin, he addresses Stoicism in the Institutes. Um, so all of that to ask you, and I think I know your answer, but can one be a Christian and a Stoic? But also there's a part two to my question as well. Like, where does or can Stoicism go wrong? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I, I want to... Yeah, so I would say yes with a caveat. Because the true Stoic only relies upon himself and his inner being. So the true Stoic would not rely upon a deity. Like a true Stoic wouldn't look to God as the source of their internal strength. Got it. Right? So that caveat would be, as a Christian, Christ is king. Right? We submit to his authority. We are under his lordship. And we go to him. He's the source of our strength. Right? So if we acknowledge yes, that is true, then Stoicism, the ideas of Stoicism, I think, quite frankly, we see throughout Scripture all the time. I mean, just look at the fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control. And what Stoicism teaches is self-control in all areas. By the way, it's not just our our reactions, Mm -hmm. it's our passions. Mm -hmm. Like, Stoicism would condemn giving into lust right like stoicism would con- would condemn giving into greed so stoicism would ad- advocate for temperance in all areas mo- like moderation in all areas so it's not just my my reactions in my emotions it's my passions being under my control too mm. as a christian i would recognize that comes th- through the work of the holy spirit after i'm redeemed by christ right but I think, yes, they are compatible for sure. And like, if you look at Christ in the garden, he's experiencing deep emotions. Like, I can't imagine yeah. the idea of knowing I'm going to be tortured and bear the sin of the world, let alone bearing the sin of the world, just mm-hmm. knowing I'm going to a torturous death, right? But he resigns himself. He's self-controlled. Yes, yes, he's sweating. Like, he's, like the Bible says, sweating as if drops of blood were falling or possibly actually sweating mm-hmm. blood would, like, it could be translated either way. And he's upset, but he doesn't let, let that affect the way he responds. Not my will, but thy will, right? Mm-hmm. So despite the emotional and stress strain, he's still resigned to the fact, I must do this and I will rely on the Father. So there's that self-control there. Like the Proverbs, Solomon talks about stoicism all of the time. Like, where we're to overlook. A fool shows his annoyance at once, right? But a a wise man overlooks an offense. So that would be stoicism. It might be irritating. He also says, and I love this, sand is heavy and stone is weighty, Mm. but the provocation of a fool is heavier than both, Mm. right? Mm. So like he recognizes if you're provoked by a fool, it's really going to bother you. Mm. But the fool also shows his annoyance at once about something like that, but the wise man doesn't. He overlooks that offense. So I think stoicism is shown, and that's just one example in the Proverbs. We see that with, with Nehemiah, yeah. where yes. instead of panicking, instead of being overzealous, right, being on the, the manic side of things, mm-hmm. just euphoric, mm-hmm. 
He calmly addresses the situation. He surveys the situation and then acts. Mm. So I really think that they are, it's not that they're compatible. I would say stoicism took the self-control part out of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I recognize stoicism predates it in some ways, or is at least contemporary with Christ. But there's that aspect. It's not just in the New Testament. We see that elsewhere in the Old Testament, like with Proverbs, for yeah. example, or with Nehemiah. So I would say that stoicism took that out of Judaism and then ultimately Christianity mm-hmm. and removed it from the reliance upon God aspect. So I would say stoicism is how we should act without God. But it's impossible to control one's passions Mm -hmm. completely without God. I really think that. I think it will present itself somewhere else. Yeah, you might get your greed under control, but will you have your lust under control? You might have your lust under control, but will you have your greed under control? So I think that stoicism is compatible with Christianity because it's an inherent part of our reliance upon God and recognizing that we're resigned to his will mm. and there's not a whole lot we can do to thwart it. So at the end of the day, we just have to say your will be done, mm-hmm. which I think is stoic. Interesting. Yeah. And that's, that's helpful. And, that, and because I, I do think stoicism on its own, I think probably fails right? mm-hmm. um, pretty quickly. And, and I agree with you in that way. Um, there's, more that I have to say, more questions that I have to, you know, I think of when I think of stoicism, I think of learning how to control my feelings. But is it controlling my feelings or is it eliminating my feelings? If I'm talking to uh, a stoic, is it, you know, is it bad to have them? Um, is it feeling less? And it's like, you know, I, I mean, I think that Christianity and I think what you see in Christ is, is actually feeling more, but then also controlling more, you know? And so, um, but that's all, that's all very interesting. But, um, so thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, that was that was a good learning experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe we could do a stoicism part two, oh, where we, we can talk so to yeah, yeah talk <laughs> on some of these other questions that you have because I think it's a really important thing for young men especially to learn because that's one thing that as I've gotten older that I've learned much more emotional control. Yeah. And I, I still feel like I talked to my son about this because you know he feels very deeply mm-hmm. and he gets upset when someone's sad in a movie. Yeah. You know, I still feel that internally, especially if it's kids or pets, you know, sometimes it's like old people in the movie that like they're a bad evil villain and yeah, they yeah, end yeah. up, you know, it's like Palpatine and I'm like, eh, it's okay <laughs> if Palpatine dies. Right. But you know, I still feel that, but I'm able to generally control that as I, I've learned that as I've gotten older. But when you're younger, you haven't learned that self-control yet. And so it can be really challenging. But I think that's where learning about stoicism can help. Or if not stoicism, just self-control. Like yeah. pray to God for help with self-control. Because if we're not temperate, if we're not self-controlled, if we're given up to rage or anger or greed or lust, we're not living the life we're called to. So ultimately, I would say... Be stoic, but be stoic in Christ. All right. Well, that is all we have for you for today. So if you have any comments or questions, please send them to info at headofnations.com. If you would like to support the show and we would just like to thank our supporters, go to headofnations.com and click the support tab. And as always, we are the head of our nations. So let's go live like it. Until next time.